I'm Kevin Boyd, and this is But Wait, There's More, a conversation show about things we're thinking about, things we care about, and things that are important for the life and culture for the people of Legacy Church in Plano, Texas. Today, I'm with Patrick and Lori. What's up, guys? Hey, what's up? Hey, we're talking today about technology, and this is kind of the beginning of a a longer conversation uh, where we're talking about how is tech affecting us, how are we using it, how is it using us, and I know that we've got several things planned over the next few months, some podcasts, a live event with a panel discussion, and Obviously, none of the the tech in our lives, it's new. It's just a part of our life. But I'm finding more and more people uh, asking questions like, am I using it well or is it using me up? And so (laughs) today we're just going to talk a little bit about uh, the benefits and the consequences, the helps and the hurts, and more than anything, stir up good conversation that we would be thoughtful uh, about the way technology is involving in our lives. So uh, I've got a few things that we'll focus on today. There's so much that could be said, but we'll talk today a little bit about attention. Uh, We'll talk a little bit about uh, relationships, about how we use time. Uh, Really, do you ever think about your relationship with technology? Have you allowed it to take over your routine? Mm -hmm. Can't imagine life without it. Mm -hmm. Regardless of your personal experience or exactly what tech you're using, Text changing us. It's here and it's not going anywhere. Yeah. Now it, it wasn't quite the same way when we were growing up. Uh, what was all. what was tech like when you were in your formative teen years, and uh, as you were first becoming a young adult? What kind of tech did you carry with you on a daily basis? What did you use? Ooh. You know what? I don't think the technology back then I could carry. I think it was. A DVD player. I would sit down at home and watch the TV. Get on a desktop uh, computer. Uh, so that was technology for me back you then. You have to wind up the computer. Yes, basically, and uh, the internet too. Uh-huh. <laughs> when, when, how old were you when you began using the internet? Ooh. It was probably either my senior year or my first year of college. Okay, for yeah. me. I, I know we had the, the very slow dial-up, and it was like Excite or something like yeah. that, and I, we'd use that early in high school, and then AOL Instant Messenger when I was a senior in high school. I started yeah. using that. Uh, you had a Walkman. You did carry that with you, right? I did not have a Walkman. I didn't get to carry a Walkman with me. What about a pager? I had a no, pager. I had a pager. I did not have a pager. You have to remember, I was the youngest of five kids, so... Having Walkmans and some of those things was a luxury for, you know, that's what I saw as a luxury. Lori, what was your number one cassette tape in your Walkman? Probably the Eagles. That's, that's <laughs> good. Believe it or not, mine was MC Hammer. You MC Hammer? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Don't hurt me, this. Hammer. Can't touch this. You know, I did have one of those radios where you could just record your voice. You know, you'd just yeah. record the oh, songs yeah. or the playlist, Love the it. top 10 hits, you know. That, that's what I did back then. No, we had to sit and wait for our favorite song <laughs> to come on and yeah. record it and right. then write down the words, pressing pause, write down the words to <laughs> yeah. learn the lyrics. They weren't, we didn't have them at our fingertips. So much has changed. Right. What kind of tech do you use now? What's a part of your daily life uh, between social media devices and, and just what you use to get through your day? 
Well, I used to be an Android user, but I just uh, conformed to <laughs> the patterns burning. of these guys over here right next to me. And now I have an, uh, what is it, iPhone 14 Pro Max? Or the one Pro? on the commercials. Yes, right the ones on the commercials right now. It's pretty nice. Can't complain. But that is taking a lot of my time. And I think it's really because I'm trying to figure it out for the most part. What apps are you using most? Uh, the apps that I use the most, um, let's see, Facebook, Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, my banking app, of course. Uh, I would, I think, YouTube, of course. Okay. So YouTube is a big one. And if I am not doing much, if I'm like at the barbershop waiting, I'm looking at Netflix or Hulu, one of my shows on there. You, yeah. did, you didn't mention the Bible app or the prayer app. See that? See why? Uh, see that? Thank you for that. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I actually use the book. Uh, still, okay. uh, I'm a little old school. Okay. I got the book at home, so I use that one. But if I'm around uh, some it. friends and I need a quick look, then yes. I thought you were gonna say you had it memorized. You didn't need to. Man, I wish I did. No, All no. <laughs> yeah. Lori, what's your tech life like right now? Um, about the same. I mean, I, I have my Apple phone with me at all times. Apps I use mostly um, Facebook, Instagram, um, Team Snap to keep up with my kids' soccer and basketball oh, yeah. and football and all the things, their schedules. And the Kindle app, because I read a whole lot. Um, so I always have a book on me. And the Bible app, it alerts me at 4.15 every day to remind me yeah. what I've missed on my mm. daily devotion. Um, mm-hmm. So I have that set up. And then, um, yeah, I'm not really a big TikToker or any of that, but I know what's out there. All I heard <laughs> is Lori is a better person than me because no. she has notifications on her Bible app. So it's a notification. Thank that you. Many well, times I swipe up and, and we can just on that last line edit out the word not. I'm a big TikToker. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> uh, I I carry my phone everywhere. I, I've avoided the Apple Watch um, mm-hmm. for for all this time, and I'm I'm good without that. But I have very bad phone etiquette, phone habits. It. I read an article recently about phantom, uh, what did they call it? They called it phantom notifications. Mm. It's. I don't know if you've ever experienced this. You feel like your phone just vibrated in your pocket or, yeah. or on your desk or something, and you reach for it, but nothing happened. Right. They're actually doing <laughs> studies on this, that there are these there are phantom notifications happening, phantom vibrations that we think our phone has gone off, and we're automatically grabbing at it and checking it, but nothing has happened. That's yes. actually being studied right oh. now, which is kind of wild. That makes sense. That happens to me every day. Oh, yeah, it happens all the time. That, the, the Apple Watch, when you said that, that you get those alerts, and yeah. so you think your wrist is vibrating all the time. But it's not. But it's, it's not. Just, yeah. So there's an effect of technology. Yeah. Um, it's, it's affecting us in some ways. And for all the good, there's also things to be wary of. And I know I'm usually the black hat guy. Everyone's going, oh, he's the, you know, he's got a bad <laughs> attitude about tech. He's the curmudgeon. Get off my lawn. Um, and I'm going to try to not do that. But let me begin to point our conversation in some directions. I'll ask us a few questions to guide our conversation. But let's talk a little bit about attention. Um, thinking about phantom vibrations, phantom uh, notifications and uh, how our attention's being begged and beyond the phantom ones, the real notifications. I don't know how many notifications you have turned on on your apps throughout the day, but how do you see technology affecting your capacity to pay attention? Um, so much of our life is is working through these apps. 
Is it having an effect on you? Is it helping? Is it hurting? How's it affecting you in that area? Absolutely. It's a, if I have it out in front of me, whether I'm at lunch with someone or we're in a meeting here at work or out in public where I'm sitting and I should be paying attention to a speaker or whatever else is going on. If my phone is in sight, I'm wanting to grab it. It's a distraction. And so I've tried to get in the habit of either leaving it in another room in a purse or my backpack or even setting it under my chair so I don't immediately look at it. I had a friend call me out at lunch one day. He, he said, hey, if you're not really going to be with me at lunch, then uh, I'm going to go ahead and go. And Yikes. I was, yeah, I was yeah. with him, but not with him yeah. at the time. Right. Yeah, for me, I think I noticed that we were having, at least I was having an issue with technology and the int- uh, attention I was giving maybe to my two boys. Because mm-hmm. one time my son was trying to have a conversation with me, talk about his day at school, and he's like, of course, you're on your phone right now oh. while I'm trying to tell you this. And when you hear that from your kid, it's like, oh, my goodness. Um, obviously, my attention is not where it needs to be right now. I wonder sometimes because of the amount of information we're able to take in uh, with with technology. I mean, I, I, I don't know about you. I, when I watch movies or TV, I'm also phone in hand looking things up from what I'm watching and the yes. actor that's in it. And did that thing really happen like this? Mm-hmm. Um, and I almost I wonder if the the quantity that's coming in affects our ability to actually um, reflect on what we're experiencing, what we're taking in, and respond well. Um, how do you think about the amount of information we take in versus the ability to process that information? I I know for me there's this need to know what's going on right now. And because the, of that need, it does grab my attention all the time to see how can I figure out what's going on in this situation, this situation, this situation all the time. But if somebody was to ask me, so what did you learn from all these articles that you just read? I'll just say, you know what, we're, we're, I guess we're just in a big mess right now. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. But I couldn't specifically state what the whole article is saying because it, my, my attention goes to the next thing real fast. It's no longer focused on just trying to pay attention to the main idea of the article anymore. It's like, how can I get to the next information that will feed whatever's going on in my head? I, I think, you know, it's funny that you asked that question because I had to sit here and ponder it for a minute. Like, oh, I don't really know what you're asking. But um, I think back to like, okay, when I was a teenager, or when I was in my 20s, I could remember everything. And now that I'm like, well, maybe it's just because I'm getting older. It's because you're getting older. No, it's because we have all these things at our fingertips. And I have so many tabs, literally so many tabs open Mm -hmm. in my brain, on my iPad, on my tablet, on my phone. There's so many tabs open that I'm bouncing back and forth between all of them that I'm not really retaining one thing. It. That's a great question. Yeah, I, 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 you almost wonder, and I don't know if we blame this on the devices or just the pace at which the innovations of the world are happening and the ability to receive information is happening. I, I've noticed in myself, I used to be a pretty voracious reader. I love reading books, and my ability to take in that content has changed over the last decade or so, mm-hmm. uh, where I could sit in a book and enjoy word for word, it, it, it 
goes more to concept reading. Yeah. Uh, if you notice that, I don't know how many newsletters or articles you receive a day or a week. Yeah. Um, so many of them now, you see the formatting in them. Up top, they'll say, a lot of them say, this many minutes to read. They let me know up top, oh. it mm. should take you seven minutes to read this article. And I'll look at that number and sometimes I go, nope, too much. Yeah. <laughs> um, another formatting thing I notice is uh, a lot of bold headlines used mm -hmm. that helps you make your way through the article. Yeah. I don't know about you, but typically yeah. I scan it for the bold things and yeah. I don't read word for word. Even a, a brief article that's already told me it should re take me seven minutes to read. Right. I don't have seven minutes to give to you. Right. And it makes me wonder then if I'm not really truly absorbing information uh, in such a way that I can participate with right. it and reflect on it. Yeah. Or if I'm just grabbing and going. Yeah. I would say that I'm kind of grabbing and going because of some of the apps that I use. One of them is called uh, a Smart News. So it has all the news from as many different outlets as possible, just kind of notifying you of what's going on. So one of the things that I even read the other day is I think it was uh, I can't see. And the thing of this is you read these articles and you don't know what magazine it's actually really from, but it was. So you don't know who the author is, <laughs> really, what the story is. No, I, is. I, I, it's there, but I'm not focused on it because of how it just re gives me the notification. But I was reading the other day. Uh, I think it might've been psychology today, but uh, there was talk. They were talking about when you wake up in the morning how your attention goes to technology right away. And basically, because you're so focused on maybe social media or some of the things, you're not actually getting ready for the day effectively. And I was like, man, yeah, that's so true. And then as I was reading that, I was maybe trying to think of maybe some things and tools that I can use to maybe balance myself out. But as I was doing that, I noticed I was looking at Instagram. And then I moved to another thing. And so, yeah, I, I think the, the grab and go thing is absolutely true for me, at least. What's the danger, Lori, in not reflecting on, on stuff we take in generally in our lives? Right. Yeah. I mean, we're just, if we're not fully taking it in, we're, we're just kind of, we're not absorbing it. We're not fully focusing on the one thing. We're just jumping to something else. So it, it could potentially be harmful because what we've, read or, or reviewed, um, we're not acting upon it. Mm. We're not really embracing it and or, or, reject, it or, or rejecting it or we're rephrasing it to share with someone else and we're taking it out of context or yeah. not, not really understanding what was provided for us. It's hard to be even judicious about the stuff that we're taking in in an appropriate way if we can't reflect yes. to decide you know, how could this be true? Why is this true? What parts of this are true? What is valuable here? What's not valuable here? Yeah. Uh, generally, and we've talked about this as a church even just a few weeks ago, um, we've become a people who don't reflect well, who don't slow down well. And when we don't reflect well, it's hard to respond rightly yeah. in so much of our life. Um, and talk about this a little bit, Patrick, your, your news app, um, we're not, they're not paying us. We're not going to plug them yeah. again, but, uh, unless, you know, if you guys want to sponsor us, we might plug you on yeah, the show that's right, that's if right. you're listening out there. <laughs> um, I'm curious, uh, about that is you're taking in all of these different sources and I've got a couple of apps like that, that I've, I've played with before, right. um, finding the fair and balanced 
right. voices out there. How do yeah. you begin to sort through and process where you have found yourself in echo chambers yeah. or, or only sources that align with your biases mm-hmm. um, versus uh, getting a fair and balanced um, uh, plate that you can begin to build perspective from? That it's it's very interesting uh, because when you first download this particular app, uh, they ask you what kind of leaning you have, mm-hmm. and you have the opportunity to say you're left leaning, left winging, whatever you call it, a right or independent, and all those things. For me, I click all of the above because I just want to know yeah. all of the above. Um, it tends to to do okay, but. I think I gravitate to a certain leaning, I think. So because of that, uh, the algorithms will come and get me. No matter what I put on there, it just comes to get me. So is it balanced? It's balanced for me. And that's the thing about it. Uh, Most of the stuff that is out there right now is just balanced for me, which continues to get my attention. Yeah. Right. Uh, do you remember the name of the documentary that came out a couple of years ago about the algorithms? Yeah. What was that documentary called? We have to drop it in the show notes if we can't come up with the title of it, uh, where where our searching history on our apps is developing uh, the the pathway by which we get advertising and we're directed yeah. to people's comments and commentary and the kind of soliciting that comes our way. Uh, I know yeah. that I've tried to turn off all of the listening on all of my apps, yeah. and yet I promise you, if I say wheelbarrow right now on this podcast, I'm going to get... <laughs> I will get an Instagram ad for wheelbarrows <laughs> or, or for Home Depot yeah. uh, within the next time I open the app. Right. It's just going to happen. And yeah. I've turned that I've turned that that's mess off in the end. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of worse. So there is a, a sense at which um, if we're not careful and reflective, mm-hmm. the amount of content we're taking in and the pace at which we take it in yeah. um, makes us narrow minded. Right. As a people. And that may be part of the reason that people are so <laughs> angry and divided in general in our yeah. world is because we've allowed ourselves to live in such narrow lanes uh, and we reject anything that isn't a part of that lane. Right. Uh, dangerous. Dangerous for society, dangerous for our, our self, our souls, and for Christians, certainly, it's for true. our mission. That is very true. All right, talk to me a little bit about relationships and technology, the impact of increasing dependence on, on social media and uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, your your or your favorite TikTok. Uh, do you find people? <laughs> do you find people? Oh, there's that too. Uh, do you find people are more isolated uh, today, more disconnected, more connected? What's the relationship that social media has uh, created for you with people? So I I think it's a little bit of all of the above. I mean yeah. I think that. Um, in a sense, because we're keeping up with everyone on Facebook and Instagram, we feel connected. We feel like we're not missing out on what's happening in their lives and like, hey, that's my best friend. I just saw that they were doing so-and-so last week. We saw it on Facebook or, or what have you, but also a little bit isolated because we are feeling like that's a connection. Mm-hmm. And in reality, it isn't. And many times it's just a facade that someone... And we're all guilty of it. You only put the you only want to put the good stuff out there, and so a little bit of all of it. It's hard to really lay it down there, and I don't know. Or 
the book that, that you and I are both looking at, Lindsay's already finished it. I'm reading her highlights um, because <laughs> of my attention span. Yeah. Um, notes by Lindsay. By Lindsay. Uh, it's a hundred ways the internet is changing you or has changed you, something like that. Yes. Um, in that book, uh, you may reflect on some things you, you picked up in that. I, I know one of the things that um, stuck out to me that is riffing off of what you just shared is how when you're sharing only your best life, mm-hmm. uh, you really are in performance mode all of the time. Yes. Um, you're always performing for your online audience. Mm-hmm. And like anything in life, something that you're always doing and always focused on just becomes habit. It becomes the way you live. Do you see the possibility that social media leads us to live lives that are more performance oriented and less rooted in reality, both online, but also in, in face-to-face relationships? I hope not. Then I would hope not, but I know it's true. We do. Um, and it's funny because when you asked that question earlier about how we connect in social media and all the, uh, it, it's interesting because sometimes you may not talk to somebody for like maybe a year. And because they've been paying attention to what's going on in somebody's life, uh, they'll come up to you and be like, hey, how are you? Man, it's so good to see that your kids are growing. I'm like, huh? How do you, what? And basically it's like, you know, they try to start the relationship like we've been connected the whole time. And that to me has always remained awkward for me uh, because I'm, I'm a person to person kind of guy. And so whenever somebody does that kind of thing, they're, interacting online or on social media and that's their only outlet to connect it's it's a disconnect for me you know what i mean so in certain senses for people i think it it is a connector but for some somebody like me who needs to be around people uh, i think it's disconnecting in that capacity i so i was talking to a couple of school counselors this week uh, from a local middle school and they were reflecting on the pandemic Mm -hmm. and when everyone was at home and kids were in their homes on uh, the value of having technology because they were reaching into homes and into kids' lives in a way they could not mm-hmm. during that season and found you know, kids were isolated. They were alone in that those strange conditions yeah. uh, and found that some kids were in home situations that were not healthy or favorable. And, and so it was a great uh, tool or opportunity for them to make a connection that they could not make right. otherwise. And they also reflected on post-pandemic as kids came back as that had been more and more normalized that the, I guess, 20 last school year, the 21-22 school year, um, they had a kind of uh, phones are always available, always mm-hmm. in use policy. And they said there was a marked difference in the way kids socially interacted with each other. Uh, at lunch, it was a quiet cafeteria in a middle school classroom mm. because everyone was on their phone and they mm. were all watching videos or making videos or, or everything. And so they've instituted a new policy, no phones at lunch this year. I mean, you yeah. can use them at other times. Teachers are at their discretion to handle it in their classrooms in their own way. And they said that it's been interesting this year watching kids uh, deal with almost a, a uh, how do I deal with the addiction <laughs> that I've had because it became normalized yeah. and reintegrate with people I sat with mm-hmm. last yeah. year, but wasn't really asking questions, right. talking about what's next with. And so there is this sense at which there is benefit mm-hmm. and, and consequence. Or in our family, we talk about help and hurt a lot. Does this help or does this hurt? And the answer is probably in some degree, both. Right. Uh, in the case of tech. So 
a little bit, how, how would you help me balance the two or help your kids or, or someone who said, I'm feeling myself. I don't feel like I need to be totally abstinent from technology and social media, and yet I don't want it to, to use me and hurt my ability to connect face-to-face. What are some guidelines you would give that might help someone uh, find equilibrium? Um, just a, a story that kind of goes along with that. Uh, my son is in sixth grade and at their school this year, they have kind of no technology unless, like you said, a, a teacher says, take out your phone, take a picture of that on the wall. You're going to need it later. Um, and in the cafeteria, there is no, um, no technology, no phones. And then, but on Fridays, they have technology Friday. Um, but they've changed it now. We, um, PTO and some of the parents have provided uh, board games. And so now they have board game Friday or technology. And if you walk in there tomorrow, 95% of them are playing board games. Interesting. And interacting with one another. And last Friday. What level was this? Sixth grade. Sixth so grade. they're yeah. 11 to 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And last week it was really cool. They all um, took out their phones. Some kid said, hey, everybody take out your phone. Take a picture, a selfie of you and your, your friends playing the game and send it to your parents. And so we all got pictures of our kids playing board games at their <laughs> lunch hour. Wow. And so they were connecting with their friends. They were actually having conversation and, and enjoying face-to-face stuff. So I... I love that the schools are starting to use that type of thing. Are you also. sure that they weren't just performing for you? Everybody do this. <laughs> we can put the game board yeah, games maybe. away. Maybe. <laughs> we were doing the right thing. You How know, you, Patrick, what, what tips or advice would you give for somebody finding balance? Well, recently I was definitely imbalanced. Uh, I would say, was it two, three months ago? Uh, so because I got this new phone, I was able to give the an older phone to my son and basically start a trial and figure out how to move forward. It, two, two things happen in this, this uh, relationship with him and this phone. Uh, one, uh, he was able to connect with friends that uh, at, during the nighttime, or what, like maybe what, three o'clock or to about six o'clock uh, at night. Um, but it created an opportunity for him to get to know his friends a little bit more. But it also created opportunities for him to uh, set aside time to hang out with his friends and to connect at the park while they're throwing footballs or playing uh, sports together. So there, it opened up a door uh, for him to have a, a deeper connection outside of just talking on the phone. So I, I think in that, uh, in that sense, it kind of opened up something, gave me balance to know hey, this can open up uh, doors. Now, does this mean he gets to use the phone all the time? No, because honestly, he only gets to use the phone um, Friday through Sunday. And during the week, he doesn't get to use the phone much at all, unless he has to respond to a message or something. Well, I want to talk about that just a little bit. Lori, you shared with our staff recently uh, from a website called Understood uh, cell phone contracts, mm-hmm. and they have uh, different ones. They have one for younger children, one for older children. Um, we have entered into that with uh, our teenager and progressively found ourselves in a daily negotiation rather than uh, what was originally a seasonally mm-hmm. and then maybe a, a monthly into like a daily negotiation, mm-hmm. which isn't good in business and isn't good in relationships either. 
can you imagine if marriage, rather than being a covenant, was a daily negotiation? You know, well, today I'll be faithful to you if you. Yes. Um, and and we're doing this with with cell phone. These contracts are pretty beautiful. Um, you are using them at home. Yes. How how has you've shared some about this with me before? But how how is that you found? Have you found that helpful in guiding that relationship? Um, it, we use it as a more as a, rem, a reminder. Um, if we see them um, not using it the way that they've signed the contract, stating that they would, then we're able to to utilize it and say, "Hey, you're not using this in the proper manner. You sign this agreement. Huh. Either you change it." or the phone is mine. Hmm. Um, so it becomes kind of a negotiation, just like any other contract in our lives. If we're, we have a contract on a house or a car or what have you, and we don't pay our bills, it can be taken away from us. Hmm. So it's kind of the same, we same, same thing. We can use it as a teaching tool, as a disciplinary action tool, um, and just as a learning tool on learning how to be responsible with something that they have. Yeah. I, I love it. I've pulled it up here. Um, and it's interesting, beyond kids, I think this is a great contract that you could mm-hmm. use for yourself yes. and an accountability partner. If you're married, you could use it with your spouse because you both value something. You value how this is used. You want the benefits of technology without the, the consequences. Mm-hmm. You could find a friend, uh, an accountability partner, uh, uh, someone in your life group and yeah. say, hey, uh, be my partner in this, that I'd have a good relationship with tech. So I'm looking at the contract. And it like a you know pretty simple contract. It's a contract between this person and this person. It begins on this date, and we'll look at it every so often to see how it's going. And there's a section that talks about um, thinking before acting, coping with distractions, managing time, being accountable for actions. This isn't just um, you know did you use this app or not. It's right. about the underlying uh, conditions, mm-hmm. the the way it affects us, the way it helps or hurts us. Uh, and under each of those categories, and there's some some subsections. So under thinking before acting, it talks about uh, posting or, or following inappropriate stuff, things that you've said, this isn't healthy for me. Uh, acting as though you sh- everything you share will be read by, by your partner, your accountability partner, your parent, your spouse, whoever. Uh, using your phone to communicate only with people you know and trust. And this is a great one for children. And, and letting someone know if exceptions come up for some reason to have conversation. Uh, lending your phone out only to people you know and trust and only within your site. So just some really managing time has great breakdowns, recognizing that there are downtime hours that should be honored, not because they're arbitrary, but because we realize the risk of, of addiction and, uh, and, and bad behaviors that come with addiction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think these are incredible. Well, I'll put them in the show notes Perfect. and maybe some of the listeners, whether they want to use them in their home with their kids or just, mm-hmm. For themselves, they could be a, a really great yeah. resource or tool in thinking through. And that's particularly for cell phones, but the same thing could be adapted for any kind of tech. Yeah. And I think one thing that, just to kind of go along with the, the contract, I went to a conference this past, uh, last week actually, and um, basically they brought up an idea for those who are dealing with technology, emails, and life. Uh, life can get busy for people in ministry or in business and trying to keep track with everything. And basically the individual's recommendation was maybe you should try, um, you know, it, texting people back within certain hours instead of right then and there, meaning learning to discipline yourself uh, with that maybe at uh, 10 o'clock in the morning, I'm going to get back to these people. Emails, I'm going to get back to these people at this time. 
so that you're more focused on the work and the jobs at hand. Mm -hmm. So that if you're talking to somebody, you are there, you are present. So it, it, it was very interesting. I'm trying it out this week and it's actually been helpful in a lot of areas, but. So I have started this a number of years ago. I had a friend helping me with this. That's good. And uh, here's my secret that's now out yeah. is I, I purposefully don't respond right away yeah. to most messages I receive unless it's an emergency mm -hmm. uh, or if it's someone who's on my, my criticals list, if it's my wife or my parents yeah. um, and there's levels of that. You, yeah. know, you guys are our team is the next level of that. And then all of the people that I love and I love them all, <laughs> every, yeah. every, every person in the world, but the rest of them come after that mm -hmm. and they matter to me, right. those messages. But um, I've set designated times. I'll spend this time right yeah. after lunch is a message responding time. When I first come into the office is yeah. a message responding time. And right before I leave, got three times a day that I go, I'm dedicated to responding to messages. Right. You guys send me stuff. I, I give it a quick read and I go, does it need an immediate reply or can it wait till that period yeah. of that time? Um, yeah. And otherwise, you know, it waits. It no, I think, I think that's uh, that's really good discipline. Did you know that there's a do not disturb option on oh, your phone? Oh, it's amazing. I love it. I've I've I turned mine on before I walked in here. I've started using that. Should use it. I didn't yeah. know well, that. Hey, welcome, <laughs> welcome to the... Oh, Apple, yes. <laughs> welcome to the to iPhone. It, <laughs> you have all of these options, a do not disturb, a work, a sleep, a driving, and a personal. And you mm. can customize each of those to receive only from certain people and, and certain apps during when the, the times when those are turned on mm. it's a great tool i've learned something new just now right here right now <laughs> well that's one of the things that I, I think we're really wanting to to work through in our own minds and hearts and communicate with with others not to others but with others mm -hmm. is tech isn't all good or all bad it's a it's a tool yeah and like tools they're meant to be used in an appropriate and right way think of a power saw uh, with a power saw, we can build a home, we can build a bookshelf, we can yeah. build beautiful things and functional things, uh, but you don't hand a, a, a power saw to someone who's never used one, a child yeah. or, or, or an adult, and say, hey, it's a saw, go do something. <laughs> <laughs> There's danger if it's not used appropriately. You right. show them how to use it, and you show them the safety guards that are on there. You give them warnings right. uh, about what can happen when you use it. Mm -hmm. And if they, it's not used in an appropriate way, they could lose a finger, lose a leg, yeah. or, or kill themselves. Yeah. Or they can make beautiful, functional things that add so much to life. Yeah. And so much like that, technology is a tool. It's got to be used rightly. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Uh, last word, how might we and our families need to change to embrace the positives from technology without being overwhelmed by the downside? Um, are there, are there any questions that you think families ought to be asking? Any uh, conversations that ought to be taking place? How could we and our families change? What might need to change to embrace the positives without being overwhelmed by the downsides? Ooh, that's a big question, isn't it? Um, you know, for my family, uh, we have, uh, my wife and I, we have a mission statement that we love. God's people um, with everything. We just do our best to love everybody, right? Um, I think creating missions statements or purpose statements as a family, especially with technology, uh, would probably be helpful for us so that it gives us some clear direction on how 
to use it, uh, that it's not overwhelming us or becoming an idol in our life, I guess you could say. Um, I, I think in, in that sense, if you don't allow it to become that idol to your family, you can create a space for a lot more positive interactions with it. We choose to use tech as a tool, not a weapon. Right. Like yeah. Because there's a lot of opportunities, as we see right now, there's a lot of opportunities to use it as a weapon or to use it for things that will bring down our, the way that we think or the way that we think about other people. What about you, Lori? How, how do families need to even begin conversations about how they handle tech? Yeah, I think that um, something Patrick said earlier about when his son uh, kind of made him think like, oh, wait, I am on my phone while you're trying to have this conversation with me. Um, I think we're all guilty of that. I know I am in my own home that I'm, my kid is trying to tell me something about their day or we're sitting around the table having dinner and my phone's out and the TV's on in the background. Um, try to make moments that, I mean, we are... I'll, you'll probably hear me say this again. We're fighting for the heart of our children. Mm-hmm. We're fighting for the heart of our spouse and for ourselves. And the only way we can do that is if we're present. Mm-hmm. And if we're we're not present, we're, we're scrolling on our phones or we're staring at a TV in moments where we should be embracing community and relationship with one another, then we are missing out on what God has given us and provided us. And I think that's the most important thing is just realizing that FOMO is going to happen, but what we're missing out on is that relationship with the people that God has given us to live life with. Absolutely. Uh, I'll I'll end with Jesus so that uh, we can feel good about how we ended here. But (laughs) really and truly, uh, you think about Jesus saying in Matthew 6, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to one and despise the other. And of course, he does go on to talk about God and wealth here, but really he's talking about whatever controls us, right. whatever governs us, whatever guides us, leads us, whatever yeah. is has our attention and is telling us which way we should go. Yeah, um, It's either the Lord or it's not. Yeah, And I think that that is probably something that we should lay over our relationship with technology. Like any aspect of life and every aspect of life, the question really is for the Christian, is this submitted to Jesus's leadership? Or you love to say, children, make Jesus the boss of your life. Have you made Jesus the boss of your technology is Mm -hmm. the the big question. And and that's the question we'll we'll end on for today and allow people to begin thinking about that and, and offer some more opportunities and resources in the future to continue the conversation. But a good place to start is to ask, have I submitted this to Jesus? Is he the boss of my technology? So thanks, Lori. Thank you, Kevin, for having us. And thanks, Patrick. Thank you. We appreciate you being with us. I'm Kevin Boyd. This has been But Wait, There's More. We'll see you next time.